Hello, guys, and welcome to Behind the Bunker, our weekly paintball show here in beautiful Kosuth Road Studios. My name is Todd Ansich, and uh, tonight we have yet another weekly paintball show. For those of you that are new and may not have uh, seen the show before, we go live every Monday night. And now that this uh, quarantine is uh, happening, we also do a live quarantine show on Saturday night. Uh, so if you're looking for live paintball content, you guys can tune in. Also, because there's no sports on TV, what we're doing is every night at 8 o'clock, not just Monday and Saturday, but every every night at 8 o'clock, we're putting up a new-to-you episode or a rewind episode. So if you've never seen some of our 400 and some odd episodes, go back and watch it. And starting this week, we're going to dig back. We're going to go back a couple of years ago. So you'll be able to see some stuff that uh, we did a few years ago. Uh, and uh, yeah, you might find it amusing, especially some of the new products that are released you know, back then. But uh, check it out. So as I say, we're live every Monday night and Saturday night for our quarantine show and uh, all of our shows are up as podcasts, and you can get those anywhere that you get your podcasts. So iTunes, Google Play, Podomatic, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, that's where you can find it. So th thank you guys for tuning in. We also uh, have uh, our show on YouTube. So if you uh, aren't really on Facebook a lot, you guys can always subscribe to YouTube. And it's not just me. Unfortunately, I'm locked in. This is day 23 of my quarantine or self-quarantine, but uh, none of the other guys can make it to the studio. So we have them, as you see here, all in their own home studios. We have Matt the Crypt in the top left corner. We have uh, Man of Many Words. And we have uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe Kimson in the top right corner. Greetings. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Behind the Bunker tonight live. Um, if you go back a couple years in those shows, I might even have hair. <laughs> Remember, we, we used to call him Bushy Top. Yeah. And then we have uh, Gavin Sharma in Terra That's right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in on a Monday night, our regular show. Uh, and just in case people forget what the heck we do every Monday, make sure you hit that like and share button. Or if you're so inclined, start a watch party because it is behind the bunker with a special guest. It's going to be an incredible show. Make sure that everybody's involved. Yeah, yeah. We also have Josh Zubizabrikas in the bottom right corner. Yeah, good evening, all you cats and kittens out there. Thanks for tuning in. And don't forget, uh, like and share this train wreck so you can let everybody know how bored you are in this quarantine. <laughs> train wreck, indeed. And uh, in the bottom center square, we have Tom Cole, all the way from uh, NXL Paintball and the UWL League. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Now, before we go too far, I, I'm going to, I'm not, Tom, I'm not sure how familiar you are with our program, but Gavin Sharma, is the owner and operator of TerraTech Industries. He's a sand-based paintball manufacturer. Maybe we can hook you guys up later, and maybe you can sell some of your sand-based paintballs to uh, to the NXL next year. Maybe you can be a, a sponsor. I would love to uh, connect with you after the show, um, Tom, because I would uh, love to be the exclusive distributor of marking projectiles for uh, the NXL for next year. There you marking go. Marking projectiles. <laughs> <laughs> marking projectiles. <laughs> There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We can talk after the show. Yeah. Gavin doesn't use gelatin or anything like that. It's all sand-based. It's all natural. It's biodegradable. Nothing to clean up afterwards. And uh, one of the it's, most marking uh, paintballs on the market today. The, the TerraTech uh, paintballs are um, baked in an autoclave at 366 degrees Fahrenheit under pressure and steam. They're put together just like a brick, but um, because of the, the unique pressure and the mixture of the sand when they hit they immediately break and thus um dying and covering covering the target with um sure, any colors sure, Joe. just yeah. give away all the, <laughs> the trade secrets, secrets on yeah. the internet now i will nobody's say nobody's watching anyways his... I, I didn't say the kind of sand they use is silica sand so oops <laughs> 
Yeah, the kind of manufacturing so, process that he has, unfortunately, each paintball is about $43. So it's expensive, but it's going to hit everything that you shoot. So. And we only sell it by the truckload. So. <laughs> Sounds like we're in. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have Tom Cole, first time on the, the paintball show. Tom, have you, uh, have you watched or heard the show before? I have. Bullshit. I've watched it many times, actually. Bullshit. Tom's well, got better things many to do. Times, I mean, we're talking a long time here. Like, I, I don't remember the first time I show, saw the show, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. So, yes, I've watched the show. You're probably stuck in a train station waiting for uh, for for your uh, trip or whatever, and you, yeah, just happened to pop up on your phone. But thank you for yeah, that that has happened. <laughs> but now, when we started the UWL, I definitely was looking around at different stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so we have Tom in the in the studio, guys. If there's anything that you'd like to ask, we've got your chat uh, loaded up right now. I see you guys are chiming in on YouTube. We have Tom Cole, first time on the, the paintball show. Oh. That's my phone. I'm trying to get things. Relax. It's fine. <laughs> I got a new camera. We're new. We're, we're new. fine. I've got it here. So we're watching Maybe. your live chat, guys. If there's any questions you have, uh, let's get it up. But uh, one thing we will Ding. talk about is uh, where where are you right now? Are you you're quarantined and whereabouts are yeah, you? Yeah, I'm I'm a self quarantine right now in Montgomery, Alabama. My uh, fiance is a traveling nurse, emergency room nurse, so um, she's obviously dealing with a lot of sick people. So, and she's still coming home every night. So, in order to avoid trying to spread it around, I'm just self quarantined for a while. Yeah, for sure. So a man like yourself who travels maybe once or twice a year, how much is this quarantine driving you nuts? Um, it's brutal. Like, um, this is the most amount of time I've spent home probably in 15 years. Um, so this is my longest stretch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's good though. I'm catching up on a lot of stuff. Um, so it's good. And you know, you can't even use the argument to your lady friend that, Hey, I'm home. I'm spending time with you because she's on the road. Yeah, and we've actually been we've been trying to work a lot, trying to respond to how we're gonna deal with the situation that we're currently in on the paintball side. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff trying to repair what's broken. So you've now, had you've had a successful event already in 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 Vegas, and then you got brought blindsided like the entire world with this this coronavirus and this lockdown and all that sort of stuff. How many events have you had to cancel so far, and what's your predictions, or how are you situated right now? I, I know that's the top, top top at hand of most people that are that are going to want. So we this. we've we've canceled um, Prague and Barcelona or Spain uh, already in Europe, and in the United States we've canceled uh, Round Rock, which is Texas. Um, we still have on the calendar uh, Richmond, Chicago, and then obviously World Cup. Okay, so you, you've so you you've canceled the ones in North America, but you've postponed Spain. So initially we were, and, and we have to revisit that. But initially we were planning on just trying to avoid this um, and just push it back a little later. Um, but now, as it goes further, that's going to get harder and harder to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll we'll look at that. But um, yeah, we were hoping it was just going to be one event, and we would just push it to the end of the season. Um, so now it's, it's kind of changed that whole idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when do you think you're going to have boots back on the ground? When do you think you're going to have a, have an event? And I know that's a crystal ball question, but are you, yeah. So, so right now the federal, the, um, the federal government has this on lockdown in the U S until April 30th. 
Um, and so, and Virginia actually has a, a stay at home order in effect till June 10th. So about 15 days before our scheduled event. Um, I had a conference call with the folks over at the city of Richmond the other day, and they felt confident that we could host that event, but they have as much information as I have. You know what I mean? This is not, this is uncharted territory for everybody. So everybody's kind of up in the air. So, um, yeah, and I mean, I go by the CDC, Center for Disease Control is kind of who we listen to. Um, so as long as they have their stuff in place, we won't be running events. The president doesn't even listen to them. Yeah, I try not to listen to him. I mean, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to get political. But yeah, I no, try that's to, true. He, he changed a lot, right? So I try to pay attention to him. He's doesn't not, he have a cure? Huh? Doesn't he have a cure? I thought he, he had might. He might have a cure. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, what about now? I've 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 heard a rumor that um, because the season may get bumped back, that you're considering um, bringing an event to um, Toronto, and it's not <laughs> called the Sky Dome anymore. It's called the Rogers Center. But you're considering having an NXL North in the Rogers Center in the dome, and you could host it in the winter because. You could put, you could have a twelve or a fourteen hour day because of the uh, the illumination. So did you really hear this, or are you just wishful thinking? I made it up. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to bring wishful thinking on all our parts. Yeah, I was going to find out. I had some leaks right there. You know, we've actually um, the Sky Dome was one of my favorite events, right? From a, an overall ambiance thing, it was great. Um, <laughs> did you just say ambiance? Did that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, I rode in an elevator with a professional, and I don't follow professional sports, so, but I, I rode in an elevator with a professional basketball player, right? So it's like we were on par with professional sports at the time. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it was a little, a little set up a little weird, and but that's, it was cool to be in a state. But see, that's why the NXL events are at the level that they are, because you, you're, you're concerned about the ambiance of the events and the feng shui. feng shui. I am. We spent a lot of time thinking about the ambiance of the event, for sure. <laughs> Um, I don't know about feng shui, but yes, we definitely worry about the ambience. Yeah. I mean, because people are there to have a good time, right? Paintball is only a, yeah. a portion of it. So, so you got to help with all. Because everybody's all interested in in putting paintball to the masses and, and trying to help grow our sport, when you're designing a layout of, of the venue, how important is it to have sight lines for the public and what do you try to put out front and foremost? Or, or are you even paying attention to the fact that the public could be coming to these events? Um, we do pay attention to whether the public's going to come to the events. We have two venues that we really try and push that for. One is the Vegas venue, which is right in the middle of a park. And it's an open layout that we have. So people that are regularly jogging at the park or participating at the park on their usual dog walks or whatever, they actually are funneled right through the event, which is kind of neat for us. Um, and then World Cup, we do a lot to try and get outside people to come actually play paintball there. We have a big sign that says, free paintball this year we partnered with uno's pizzeria they sent out an email with along with the city of Kissimmee to i don't know a lot of people let's say and they put put it on every table at the uno's in the florida area that said come and play paintball for free and we had a paintball park set up or paintball field set up for people to come play for free and we ran about 500 players through there with rental guns to play against each other for free okay. so that was a good foot forward um i i think that's neat i like the fact that we do that but not all the events have the advantage of that um chicago's a little more hidden um but atlantic city was a good venue for that everybody got to drive by and see it um so yes we do think about that i i remember going to chicago to um 
I guess, PSP when it was in Bolingbrook and it was in like this large um, park area outside of Bowling Bolingbrook, I think. And it was across the street was residences and there had people parking. It was pretty crazy. A lot of good, good, really good, um, you know, publicity, I guess, and exposure uh, for paintball as well. It was a pretty neat event. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like World Cup. You talk about World Cup, like when you're in the Orlando area, Kissimmee area, everyone knows what's going on. Like you say you play paintball and they're like, oh, like that big thing that you guys throw or, or you know, the big event that's over by the, the Gaylord Palms. I mean, it's, I mean, the World Cup's obviously when you drive past it, you're like, what are they doing? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's a pretty, I, I've seen it obviously for several years in a row and World Cup and when you, even when you pull up to it, it's a, it's a pretty spectacular thing. It's like an outdoor exhibition. It's, you know, flags flying, there's security and there's lots of guys parking people and there's cars and cars and cars. It's, it's certainly a huge event and it, it, it's, it's a neat. spectacle almost, if you will. I would say a spectacle with fantastic outdoor ambiance, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You should hear the arguments about all the ambiance stuff I have with my staff. Yeah, but how um, much of that ambiance and, and, and whatnot is putting money into the Floridians' pockets? I mean, Joe and I have been going to World Cup as it stood for years, as long as I can remember. And not one Florida resident or employee, rather, you know, when you said, when they asked, what are you down here for, half expecting you to say Disney, you say paintball, and they all know. They know what's going on. They're, they're well aware that paintball comes every year, and uh, they're happy for it. You know, and Golden Corral is well aware that Joe is visiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the, the whole, I mean, the city has really got behind helping us come down. They do a lot for us at the events. Um, and it's definitely opened some doors. You know, we've talked to the gentleman at Disney. You know, they drive by occasionally and stop in and check on us. And we've gone to, uh, you know, all the amusement parks have tried to do some partnership stuff with us. So it, it's good to stay in the limelight. So, yeah. So you've got, um, the UWL that you're you're overseeing, you're overseeing. So, no, no, nope. I'm gonna get you on this one. So we okay. don't really do the UWL now. We kind of uh, transformed that into the ICPL. Okay, sorry. So yeah, uh, yep. So now it's the ICPL, which is is actually a an entity of the NXL. It's just our our mechanical woods volley kind okay. of version. Set. Okay. So then you have the ICPL. You have um, you have North America. You're also doing NXL Europe. You're also doing Correct. Mexico. And am I missing one? Antarctica. So we, Antarctica. No, we we affiliate with uh, we affiliate with other leagues. Uh, we have an Asian NXL, we have an Australian NXL, we have a European NXL, um, and then the United States NXL. I guess we'll call that North America. And then we do a, a Brazilian event. Um, we don't really have an event in Canada or Mexico okay. yet, though. So. Um, but other than that, everybody else is pretty much just uh, affiliates kind of using our rules or using our whatever stuff. So. Yeah. I'd love to have an NXL event in Canada. The problem is we're not a very large country as far as population and we're spread out so thin. It, it kind of, I mean, maybe a one-off, but I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a tough sell. Yeah. And the flights are expensive throughout Canada. You know, just going from East to West is, well, is, not this is week, not this week. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get one, but yeah, it's, it's a challenge, and, and none of my hoodlums would be able to come, right? Because Canada's pretty strict on who can come. So if you've That's been true. convicted of a crime, drugs, alcohol, you're not going to let us in. Do you have any colonies? I don't say that some of my customers are hoodlums, yeah. but, you know, we would see a decrease in players for sure. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So you're all over the map on locations. If you were to, like, 
I kind of want to ask a couple of questions about this, but what is your favorite venue to go to? Maybe it's your easiest venue. Um, well, my favorite venue is obviously the World Cup, right? It's um, it, it was a it was it was lucky that we got it. It was like a, I went to Orlando like six times trying to find the venue, um, and it's hard to find something that big that someone wants to let us use. Um, and it's, you know, I, I think it's great. Like it's on the lead way to Disney. You know, you make a wrong turn, you end up in the Disney parking lot. Um, you're right across the street from the Gaylord. And, and I like Florida and World Cup's exciting for me. You know, everybody's happy when they're there. So I like that venue probably the best. Yeah. Worst venue? <laughs> can I, um, well, I can, I, can, I can make some recommendations. I know personally being to Texas, it's usually your rainy event and it's usually one of your harder ones. Could that yeah, be? Texas has been brutal. Um, all my events last year were brutal um, as far as the weather's concerned. But Texas, yeah, is probably my nemesis at this point. Yeah. Now, um, actually, we want to track this weekend. It's probably going to be beautiful this week, this year. <laughs> really yeah. Now, yeah. worst event. Joe and I have um, hosted events at our field, and we've been destroyed by weather. We had wind gusts come in that literally ripped. 150 feet of mesh on one of our fields, like someone ripping a piece of paper towel off of a roll. Um, we've had wind knock our poles over. We've lost quick shades and tents. I mean, I know this has happened to you guys before, both in Europe and, and in North America, but what was the worst event you've sustained damage from? Um, well, as, as myself, as Tom, um, when I worked with the PSP, we had a really bad event in Galveston. Um, it took down all of our nets and all of our poles and we actually had to play, uh, basically everybody had to wear goggles the whole time because we didn't have enough net to contain the area. Um, I, I mean, I thought, you know what I mean? It was just as, as a promoter guy. Um, but it definitely was Amsterdam this year. I mean, cause it was such, I mean, people were sending me pictures of the venue the weekend before it was 70 degrees, beautiful. It was one of the highest team counts Europe's ever had. And we just got turned into a mud fest. Um, and so it was miserable to play. I, I can't believe people, people still played the 10 man, which is a vol you know, a, a, an optional on the schedule. And I'm like, why are you guys playing this? And they're like, yeah, we're here. But it was, it was pretty miserable to be in. It was cold. It was wet. Um, and it was frustrating for what it could have been. Right. It, it was, it, it had a lot of teams and a lot of the nation's cup teams, which is always a neat, ambiance I'm on that ambiance thing you know you had all the families <laughs> and friends and all that stuff and then it just turns into a mud hole and it, it was so bad that people weren't even normally people are mad at us right and saying stuff people just were like i'm sorry man. Yeah. <laughs> and just you just clogged that's not jump enough yeah. the balcony all right so you have yeah. these crappy events like texas for example when you got completely rained upon and and, and joe and i've always talked about this as well but we never, well, we, I guess we did the one year. We we went back to the NXL event on a Monday or Tuesday just to see the carnage. But how, what do you guys have to do to leave the facility in such a way that, you know, th that's deemed appropriate in your contract? Um, it really depends on the facility. Like the Craig Rants, the Vegas facility, um, we, we leave, we have to leave it the way we got it, um, which is a risky a risky clause in the contract, but we clean that park up. We basically get 99.9% .9 of the paintballs up and leave the park in a beautiful condition. Um, a place like the Texas motor speedway where the, 
the area is typically a, an overflow parking for some of their bigger events, we don't have to leave the grass that well. And that's one of the challenges we face, like is that the players always want like soccer field quality grass, right? Um, and I don't blame them. But then when we go to a soccer type facility, we have to leave it the way we got it. And that, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like the, the, the Philadelphia venue that we went to, I mean, we did some damage to that property and had to pay to fix that. And so it's just not, we can't go to that pristine of a place. So place like Orlando, where once again, the grass isn't that great, um, but we don't have to deal with that type of a cleanup thing. But yeah, it's, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. Where's a venue you've been to that you just will not go back? Whether you've been not been asked to go or whether it's uh, you just did not enjoy the wow. venue. I don't think Philly's going to have us back. Um, I love how you that, said that. <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, we warn everybody because a lot of sports have what they call rain dates, right? So in my negotiations, they're always asking me, you know, what, what's your available rain date? And I'm like, we have no rain date, right? The Russians are flying and from Russia we play regardless. And we have a lot of bodies and if we're walking across wet grass, it's going to be in a bad way. So um, the problem was that like literally that Monday, I have people showing up to play lacrosse and that's their practice fields for the baseball teams, you know, and I got to meet with all those people and say, Hey, these fields are just not, you're not going to go and play. Like, even if you, even if, you know, it's, they're just not going to go and play. Well, we're going to do what we can, but you guys can't play this week. So we actually had to pay to move the, the lacrosse team to another park, rent the, place for them to practice and you know and deal with all of that so it's a challenge lacrosse lacrosse <laughs> yeah. it's definitely Guys, a an export the under armor rep that was trying to get um under armor into paintball he was also the the u.s collegiate guy for, for lacrosse so he handled all the lacrosse sponsorships but somewhere along the line he really liked paintball so that's where that big under armor um push into paintball a couple of years came from, but then he transferred yeah. to Astics or, or New Balance, which really doesn't have anything that will fit into the paintball thing. That's just he went to, trivia. He went to Red Bull first and then he went to wherever he's at now, New Balance. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was just, yeah. I just threw that in there for some trivia. He trumped you, you on your trivia question. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's fine. Oh boy! Um, I, no, was gonna, I was going to. We, 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 we were talking about bad weather. I remember um, Todd and to um, Chicago to the PSB because it's a reasonable distance. You don't have to fly; you can drive. And we were down there one weekend, and we were sitting in the Target parking lot, and it started raining and wind blowing, and the shopping carts were going by us in our car. We waited for a let up and the doors in the target were swinging open and the tiles were falling down. We went, we finally, it subsided enough. We ran in and there was no one in the building. We looked around we were walking around with a cart and no one was there. Finally, um, the lights started to stop flashing and they'd all come out because there was a hurt, a tornado warning. But then that was the same weekend as, a, uh, I guess, a PSP. And we went to the PS, the field the next day and there was just this massive field of um, pile of, pop-up tents just all carnage carnage and, and, the, yeah. and the, the mesh was down it was a disaster that was the same weekend that uh living legends happened and i'm and i think it was a psp i don't think it was an, an, an nppl but no, it was maybe a, it was a psp it's definitely a psp yeah and i mean we saw a pile that was like a three-story building of just broken quick shades you could tell they just got 
all, all they want to do is just put them in a pile to get rid of them later. But uh, the the guys were like working ants, and they were just trying to put the mesh up the best that they can. And I think they limped through. I don't think they had all the fields back up. Uh, but uh, yeah, we we have a pretty amazing crew that puts puts up with all of that. You know, some weekends they have it pretty easy, and some weekends it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah. But we've um we've learned from some of that stuff so we now own our own tents we don't use pop-ups anymore and yep. we own a, a more robust tent so we can avoid that um and we've developed a screw system the psp actually developed a screw system after galveston to make stuff a little more yeah. sturdy so my operations guys we call him fatty but matthew he is always looking for ways to try and make the events a little more stable and survive yeah yeah i have to say those screw systems that you guys come up with were, were fantastic. And for those of you guys that don't know what it is, picture an auger for a skid steer for basically drilling a hole, but the auger has a, uh, a hollow center. And what they do is they just drill it into the ground and then they literally just drop a pole inside of it. Uh, the pole already has a, has a hole at the top where the cable's already put through and they just literally prop it up. It's brilliant. Um, if we didn't have a permanent field system that's what we would probably implement we used to have the tripods that we put up and those things are like they're like folded paper ready to ready to just to collapse at any yeah. time or or we wouldn't have anything we just have barrels and sandbags and camouflage nets yeah we got hit with an event so bad with the wind that we had joe's deuce and a half truck acting as one of the corner braces pulling those things up with uh, aircraft cable, pulling it down just so we could have a corner so people didn't have to have goggles that were trying to watch the match. It was bad. We vowed we would never, ever put up those those portable units ever again. And luckily, knock on wood, we've never had to again. But uh, yeah, those those were, those were terrible. Those were the days, Archie. <laughs> Is that the event that broke your shoulder? No, that was, uh, that was a couple years later. Yeah. But you know what? You're right. Those were those freaking tripods. Yeah. yeah. How did you break your shoulder at an event? I, I no, took I, his arm off. Yeah, I dislocated my shoulder and uh, ripped off my rotator cuff and broke my humerus in three spots because there was a, a yellow nylon rope that was under high pressure that I tried to release up over my head and it threw my arm back and around so hard it kind of hit myself in the backside and then that was it my arm just hung off the side of my body great great time <laughs> great fun yeah and now he has fun at the x-ray every time we go on a plane yeah i was so mad i got screws put in and everything was awesome you know i had this this reconstructed shoulder and i thought okay the first time i'm going to go to the airport i'm going to set off that alarm system and i'm going to have to show them the the x-ray and i went through the metal detector and nothing not a beep not a nothing I was a little disappointed. I went through all that just to, yeah. Oh, well. All right. Excellent. Um, so a question for you, Tom. Um, for those who don't know or just know you from the NXL, uh, do you want to do a quick bio in terms of how the hell you got to where you are today? When did you start playing paintball? Sure. I started playing probably in 1986. Um, I played for a team called Bad Company, and we played locally at first, and then we moved on to the National Series. We played a a 15-man and 10-man series uh, under Lively Productions, um, which is the tournament series of the time, the NXL of the day. And um, at some point in time, we led a coup, or the players led a coup, and uh, created a pro, pro a for the players league. We've heard that a bunch of times. <laughs> and um, I was elected president of the for the players league 
So I became kind of the, the, the representative there. So um, I continued to play with Bad Company and was the president of the MPPL from, let's call it 96 to 2002. Um, and then we had the big split with the MPPL and the PSP. And so I stuck with the MPPL, even though I stepped down from president. I played for a couple of years and then I became an ultimate referee. Uh, and then that's, I got hired from the NPPL as uh, the ultimate referee over to the PSP. And then I became the PSP's general manager. And then I left there to run the NXL. Hmm. Can we go one step further back though? Your yeah. very first experience playing paintball. Was it a birthday party? How did you start to play? Because you didn't just join a team. What 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 got so, you in the paintball field? You know, so we found a, we were at an army surplus store. I was a kid, right? So I'm 16, 17. We were a little bit of hoodlums, and we went to the the uh, an army surplus store, and we're like shopping around. And there was a flyer, and it showed a person with paintball guns. Obviously, we were playing with pump guns back then. And so me and a group of my friends, we got together and we went to go play. There's probably six of us, and we played with splat matches, and we played against existing teams the way you used to play back then is you would just show up and there was no rental really you could rent equipment get but shot up yeah you just played with everybody else and um so we played and there was a bunch of teams playing and uh we did pretty good just because we were young and we were fast and a team called green machine asked us to go play with them in a tournament in africa and i was like yeah right um like you guys are really going to go to africa and then we continued to play for a couple more months and then i saw that same team in an APG magazine in South Africa winning a tournament. Same guys that we basically felt like we had beat back in the day. Circle so we decided life. to start our own team. Huh? Circle of life. Circle of life. So we started our own team. And um, basically that group of friends was Bad Company. And uh -huh. Bad Company probably played all the way until, I'm going to say 2008. I could be making that part up. But for a long, long time we played. Um, uh -huh. And, you, and Todd Martinez, he's constantly with the companies. He's yelling his company all the time on all of his little <laughs> webcasts. That used to be our team code for a kill. Um, we would all we would all yell company every time someone got eliminated from the other team. So, yeah. <laughs> good for you. So you went from enjoying paintball to working in paintball. Would you, if you had the opportunity, would you change it? Would you be doing something else? Maybe take up pediatrics. Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, before this thing, I was pretty happy, but um, running big events that everybody has to fly into is probably not a good thing. No, I mean, I, I love my job, right? Like, um, you know, it's what I do. It's like, um, I mean, I still like all forms of paintball, right? I played Living Legends, I played D-Day, I played Ion this year, you know what I mean? I like playing paintball, and I like watching the teams win. I get very excited when a new team wins an NXL event. Um, I like playing still. I play some 10-mans. You know, I've played the ICC, and I've played the SPPL back in the day. Um, so, no, I'm pretty happy with what we're doing. And, and you know, it's, we get a lot of – I mean, a lot of people here that, you know, everybody's always bashing on the NXL, but really at the events, there's a lot of people that thank us for having events and thank us for doing what we do, and, you know. Yeah, very cool. Pretty hard to please everybody, Tom, no matter what you do and how you do it. It's tough, and you'll always have people that are – unhappy or, or something didn't go quite the way it should but I, I think overall you guys do a pretty fantastic job of you know providing uh, a pretty consistent level of uh, i guess product for lack of a better term yeah yeah well and and thank you and we've seen growth you know what i mean like uh vegas was i mean it was 260 teams in vegas um 
And so that's a lot. I mean, that's almost as big as my first World Cup that we ran in 2015. So, um, I mean, paintball was on the right track there until this short little yeah. blip in the radar. And and that would, that was going to be my next segue. Do you feel that paintball is, is on an upswing now? It's hard, I guess, for you. You see paintball from a gun owner standpoint and from an organized team standpoint. Uh, not so much from the field owner standpoint, who has the the rental kits and stuff like that. But are you feeling um, that the industry is sort of picking up, or where? where so, do you th- so tournament side wise, we're at an all time high, right? So it, at least at, at the end of two thousand. 19 the beginning of 2020 um not only were we having record events but so are some of our affiliates um you know the the mvps in florida i think they did just maybe right around 100 teams yeah um for vegas to have 260 teams i mean that's crazy and i don't even i can't even the the number for world cup let's call it 550 teams right that's a lot of teams um it's more than anyone has ever had playing paintball now from an industry point of view, um, paint is cheaper than ever before. So on some levels, those guys aren't maybe making the money that they used to. Um, but on our side, we, we have, you know, we're excited about it. And that's, you know, that's one of the things that I felt kind of held the PSP back a little bit because they were run by the industry. So when the industry had a dip, they had the dip. And so they would bring that mentality and how to run the, the events. And in reality, so whereas the event may go up a little bit, but if the overall paintball numbers were down, everybody was still unhappy. Whereas with us, if I go at one more team over last year's same event, I'm excited. I feel like, you know, we're thriving. So yeah. we're not, we, we're very isolated. We don't have all that other baggage. Whereas if you're trying to run tournaments and run a paintball company, you're, you're dealing with all sorts of baggage. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hey, uh, we're getting close to the halfway mark here, guys. And there's a couple of important things I want to tell you real quick. Uh, one thing as well, I, I, I want to mention to you the guys that uh, may be tuning in late. We are a weekly paintball show. We go live every Monday night during this uh, lockdown virus nonsense. We also do a quarantine show on Saturday night, which is lot, which is uh, recorded live or presented live. And then every other night of the week, since there's no sporting events or anything else on the TV, every night at 8 o'clock, we're putting up a rewind episode for you guys to still be able to digest some paintball uh, news and uh well, maybe not in the next week because we're gonna we're gonna put up some older episodes, but still paintball content. Um, but I want to tell you guys about a couple different things, mainly Planet Clips. Did you guys know that they are the creators of the most incredible paint, paintball markers, soft gear, and uh, goods, and they have the most winningest paintball markers in history. Now innovators in mechanical actions, including the new M170R and the MG100 Magfed Marvel. You guys need to check them out at your local retail store. Can't find my reads. You can't find your reads. Is, I can't find my reads. <laughs> Anola Gay is the leading manufacturer of smoke grenades, thunder flash, and for airsoft uh, movie and film and whatever. Pull a pin on an EG at your next event. And Arabs are proudly made in the USA. Their thick welded team, stainless steel hardware, multiple color options, and layouts are available. 2020 fields are shipping. Ask for full color printing and custom logo <laughs> options. Customize your next field with Arabs. And Ruthless Paintball Products caters to both professional players and weekend warriors. They have set a new level of paintball playing apparel. You can head over to their website now and use our very own promo code of BTB15 to get 15% off. And more than just swabs and pads, Exalt is a way of life. 
Available at discerning retailers, fields, shops, and shows. It is tournament-ready, battle-proven, exalt. In the beginning, you fall out of a tree, you stumble down a rocky cliff, you wade chest deep through a mosquito-infested bog, and you realize you're surrounded. It's party time. You own a Tipman, now combined Empire, JT Tipman, and V-Force, and you get the world's largest distributor of everything paintball, GI Sports. And I'd like to... I owe G Enola Gay is the world's leading manufacturer of smoke grenades, thunder flash, airsoft, and paintball grenades for use in theater, film, photography, and, of course, paintball. Pull an EG tab at your next event. Hashtag pop smoke. Very good. DLX Technologies, guys, the manufacturer of the Lux paintball marker, as well as other great product lines like the SP Shocker, the GOG Enemy, and the Freak Barrel Kits, just to name a few. They are a longtime paintball manufacturer, and they have the product that you can trust. And their product, guys, they're outstanding. For over 50 years, Altama has proudly carried militaries from across the globe through every challenging environment, including malls, jungles, deserts, and urban battle zones. Make Altama your next paintball, airsoft, or everyday shoe. Look for Altama original SWAT or first tactical at a leading retailer near you. And not all ninjas wear black with advanced colorways, coatings, adjustable regs, remote lines, field stations, testing, and so much more. Ninja products have what it takes to keep you always out front and always in the game. And do not forget they are made in America. Very good. So thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, some of them are similar to the NXL. So guys, check them out and uh, give them your support. Hey, Tom, you you were part and parcel with the NPPL you had said earlier, and it, it, it kind of clicked a switch in my head. Whatever happened to good old Chuck Hench? Good old Chuck Hench. Um, Chuck Hench ran the last, last version of the NPPL, and then he went on to run a surfing league, I believe. Um, Righteous. So, yeah, he's always been a surfer, so he's been kind of a California boy his whole life. So. Very cool. And then what about Ron Kilborn, speaking of the NPPL? Ron Kilborn actually just came out of the woodwork not too long ago. Really? He's retired. He used to work at Huntington Beach. Yeah. Um, I think he's retired. And, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember what event I saw him. I guess Vegas. Um, but, yeah, wow. he seems to be doing well. I always enjoy hearing today. stories about how he was uh, one of the biggest known cheats, so they brought him in as a real rules consultant or a uh, – yeah, he was he was a nightmare from a wrestling point. <laughs> Actually, I had to. He just refused to stop shooting at people one time, so I had to take his barrel off um, because he was like, "I just want to shoot out of Gardner. I just want to shoot out of Gardner." I was like, "Well, you had your chance, right? Now you can't." So I took his barrel off, so he stopped shooting. Yeah, I like Ron. I have lots of stories of Ron. He was a great guy. Yeah, no, he is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so with this coronavirus nonsense going on, we'll get back into a paintball chat in a second, but I'd like to know, we talked about this, uh, on our quarantine show on Saturday night, but Tom, I want to hear from you. You're at home, you're quarantined alone. What are you binge watching? <laughs> um, actually, well, I'm just going to get my geekness coming out, but I just watched like the Lord of the Rings from beginning to end, which is like the extended versions, which is really, really long. Wow, I didn't. Uh, I said binge watching, not. Uh, that's crazy. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, we're on lockdown, so me and my my fiance we watch like a couple hours every night or whatever. So yeah, I'm expecting you to say uh, you, you just uh, got into Game of Thrones and whipped that off in a couple hours. No, I actually watched that as soon as it came out. So I read the books when I was younger. So yeah, I really liked them. Yeah. So yeah. All right. When the Lord of the Rings are done, what do you have on your uh, what's what's next on the horizon? You know, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I was listening to you guys talk earlier, so maybe you all have some suggestions. <laughs> you don't want to watch anything we're watching. No, I'm watching no, the uh, Elton John that. documentary right now. I'm halfway through it. That's uh, why. Because he's a rocket man. 
I don't know. I got, I got, I started watching it and I Are invested you that far down the bottom of the barrel. Hey, Rocket Man was a good movie. We it, watched Rocket Man. Okay, I a, love anything hey. that's an origin story, and I and I and I love documentary. So it's kind of it kind of work. It, yeah, it kind of so works I'm out. Pretty, I'm pretty excited about Netflix and Amazon talk that we're having right now. I can't wait till we segue to what did Tom eat for dinner? That's my next question. I would like to know <laughs> <laughs> what are you binge eating? Um, well, I haven't eaten yet this evening, but um, we have a crock pot of chili right now. Now, Ooh. who's we? Aren't you locked in, or do you have? Some... I'm locked in, but my fiance. So I okay, so she's still. My fiance is, a, is is she's on lockdown with me right now, but um, she's a traveling emergency room nurse. So yeah, has anybody seen my fiance? You're what? I'm not saying my fiance. My fiance. Sorry, it's a Seinfeld reference. I apologize, Tom. So here's the thing. When you're at an event, I know you're a busy fellow. I've seen you at events before, and it's usually a hi, how are you, a quick handshake and a, and a, and a farewell. But uh, do you actually take any opportunities to play game, uh, watch games? Do you, do you, I know at the end of the day, it really doesn't make or break what you're doing, but do you still get a, 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 a kick out of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like watching good paintball games. Um, I, I watch games two times, right? Sometimes when I like it, two teams, I'll watch the games. I always watch the finals. Um, if I get a lot of complaints about referees, I watch those games. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really like watching paintball. Um, I was mad. We had a, an incident. We'll call it a fight. We'll beat around the bush. We had a fight in the stands in Vegas. And um, so I missed the finals. So I was really mad about that. A Donnie Brook? Um, Donnybrook, yeah. It was yeah. the proper fight. I saw it on YouTube. It was, it, no, it was a real fight. I it saw it on TMZ, fight. actually. So whatever, what what fight. ended up happening there, or what did you, how did that change things, or t tell us about that, because I know that's something that people want to hear about. I've, I've been messaged about that as well. Didn't change things, right? People, people are people, right? Sometimes we get mad, we get passionate, and we punch each other sometimes. It's a sad reality, um, and it's not paintball specific. I was frustrated because you see people like, this is why paintball is not a real sport. And I'm like, yeah, because there's never been fighting at a basketball game, right? None of those NBA players never went into the stands and punched some spectators. That really brought Hockey players, players never fight each other. Yeah, hiker players oh, never fight. Like, it's like we're being like a little higher standard. Um, we, we just had guys that were, you know, they were a little drunk and, and they mouthed off to one another. And next thing you know, they ended up in a little bit of a situation. So we there's, usually there's, have a fight start. That's how fights start, right? Um, and so we actually suspended we suspended uh, one gentleman for instigating the fight and a second gentleman for ending the fight. Uh, the two other people that were kind of mixed up in the middle, they were just they were just kind of like doing what you have to do when people around you are fighting. So we ended up uh, suspending two people indefinitely um, so that they can't come on site again. So, which yeah. is all we can do, right? We get the people off the thing, try and make it as safe as possible. I was actually I watched the. My bouncers go in. Uh, usually we call them security, but here they became bouncers, and they, you know, they did everything they could. I, I was pretty impressed with the bouncers. I was expecting to see, you know, I was like, oh my god, what are we doing here for security? But um, it was good, yeah. and the fight went around the world. Nine million people seemed to watch that thing. <laughs> well, even bad publicity is good publicity, right? Tom, I, I have a, a couple a couple questions or a couple things. Um, Tom, Joe has his hand up. I have. I do yeah. That. Um. I noticed on, I get a CNN news feed every day um, in, in my feed, and I noticed ESPN Ocho is 
they said they're starting, you know, they're looking for content. So they're running out of things. So they're showing axe throwing and people skipping stones and stuff. Um, is there a way for the NXL to reach out to ESPN and, and, and see if you can get some of your, you know, even the finals on ESPN, that would be a way right now where, where they're, where they're aching for content. Could you not reach out to ESPN and see if they would, would show you guys have hours and hours of high quality, um, footage. Well, I appreciate the high quality comment. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I should keep this a secret, but we are currently working with ESPN to be on the Ochos this year in August. So there, I heard the first that. time it's been public. So <laughs> we really are. I don't know if you prompted with that or whatever, but we really are going to be, we plan on being on the Ochos this year. I was going to wear my sombrero for the show, but um, just because it's an Ocho. Um, and my, my next, my next, my next segment, now that the Olympics have been postponed to 2021 and 2021 will be the 40th anniversary um, of the Olympics. What's the likelihood paintball. of getting paintball in Tokyo as a demonstration sport? It would be a fantastic um, way to get it, get it out in the masses. Um, they, they have, you know, they, they would be delighted to show something like that. It is a world, it is a global event, just like the pandemic. So you could have teams from all over the world if there's anyone left. What, so what are your give thoughts? Me, give me the hard question. So, yeah, so the Olympics is obviously everyone's goal, right? That would be a great, a great thing to do. Um, it, it definitely is a bureaucracy and it's hard to do, but we are in the process. We just signed up to be part of their, their official refereeing program. Um, but we're trying, it's something we're working on, but it's something that's far away. So more, we're trying to use this downturn in sports to get us on, get us some TV coverage and then hopefully try and work our way onto the Olympics. But yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Now, what about outside paintball sponsorship? Have you had any uh, luck? Holy grail. The holy grail. Yes, sir. Um, is there a thought process on that? So no, not necessarily a thought process. But have you gotten anywhere? Have you had any nibbles? Is like I, what about um, GM or McDonald's yeah. or Coca Cola? They're all dying to sponsor people running around with guns shooting each other. <laughs> so it's you know one guy explained it to me. So no, no one gets fired for 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 sponsoring the NFL, right? And when you when you take on a new league like what we would be, right? And let's just say you're your Budweiser and you caught, well, I'm not even going to use it. Yes. We're working on the opportunities, but it's, it's risky, right? They, they have to take a bet on something that's new and unproven. And one of the things we try to do is um, we've made good inroads with Budweiser because of uh, the world cup. We drink a lot of beer. Um, and so we are one of the largest beer drinking events in that part of Florida on an annual basis. So they actually just reached out to us a couple of days ago to talk about our bar that we, we have there every time. Um, and so that's really gotten them to realize how big paintball is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're working on that path, but it's, it's not easy. Um, and we actually hope there's going to be some opportunities once again, with all these sporting events and overall events being canceled that it may free up some space in their budgets to try and move forward with that. So, yeah. Now what, what, what about, um, if Budweiser or Coca-Cola or even I guess Gatorade is Pepsi, Pepsi, but what what about having them pay for a field and having a full color 
having a, a field fully colored, sublimated and print it. And that would be the Coca-Cola field. And, and you would be on another team would be on the Bud field. And then you could have a Dunkin' Donuts field and all, all the bunkers look like Dunkin' Donut cups. What about so you like a health food nut? that's what you're telling me <laughs> well you can have okay you can have okay you can have a whole foods one you can have an amazon one um, yeah i mean I, i'm not i mean all those are great ideas right and obviously we're trying to sell that stuff to those people but um you know we're vying with a lot of other sports more traditional sports um right. that had a good opportunity we actually i mean um, monster drinks actually said they only sponsor extreme sports and so we're not an extreme sport same with, um, same with Red Bull. Yeah. That's the actual plot. Well, Red Bull actually has a different system. They only sponsor events that they also manage, right? So the Red Bull go-karting or the Red Bull whatever, flight school. Um, that's actually yeah. a Red Bull produced event. Um, so they don't do outside events. But we've, um, you know, this is one of the things, like I, I've been recently over the past three years, we've been going to a lot of conferences and trying to, to get inside that world. We actually won a best event of the year at one of these big sports conferences, which was exciting for me, but um, we're slowly trying to get in those doors. We just did a deal with Red Roof in. Um, right. And so it, it just takes time. And once you get in the door and people start seeing some results, then they move forward. Yeah, right? I'd be more impressed if you got a uh, Motel 6 sponsorship. Red Roof Inn is okay, but Motel 6 is where it's at. Um, I think Bill, Motel 6 is better than Red Roof. Yeah, Bill, Bill Scribner says, uh, what about a Modella sponsorship? And Lee Williams says, uh, after all the coronavirus, what about Corona Extra? They're desperate for sponsorship. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's trying to open those doors. And I'm, I know you guys have been there and we've heard talks for years that we've all been trying to reach out. But again, you're right. It's, it is the holy grail. I mean, finding it anybody... Is- you know? So we went, I went, I went to the, um, I went to a conference that was put on by the NFL and it was at the NFL, uh, draft day. Right. So we went there and we sat at a little round table. We got to talk with the NFL guys and they brought in their sponsors. So it was Pepsi and pizza hut. So they had their sponsorship guys there and it was a pretty small candid conversation. And they basically said sponsorship the way it was like free money, which is, that's why everybody's like, can you get outside sponsor? Cause they think it's just free money, but it's no longer that way. So when they go to sponsor a stadium, they're looking at how much revenue they're going to bring in by the direct sales of the stadium versus whatever. So, so when they go to do the, the, the sky dome, they want to make sure that the sky dome is selling so much Pepsi to guarantee that they're going to get, you know, a million dollars of sponsorship. So that's why we try and stick to one brand of drinks at our events, try and push those drinks, get our numbers up so that we can kind of get some, some money back that way. Yeah. 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 NASCAR also, you know, as far as sponsorship, they do a fantastic job of, um, you know, with their sponsorship, you know, you see the drivers and they, and the guys want, one one want to race and he's switching different hats because that's what's on his hood. And it, it's, it's kind of neat if you watch what, what NASCAR's done. And also when I, I watched a little bit of the, the Daytona 500 and they were really marketing towards kids as well to sort of get them involved with kids in go-karts and kids on, you know, um, whatever, you know, motorized go-karts and then whatever the hill thing, soapbox derby. So they were really marketing at a kid as well. And a father sort of the, the, the combination. I just noticed some of that for NASCAR was doing this year, more so than others. And yeah, NASCAR has got a chip, right? They have a challenging demographic, right? So they're trying to broaden their reach so that they can keep their sponsors happy. Um, I think NASCAR is definitely is an aging 
customer base at this point in time. So they're trying to bring in new people. And from an outside sponsor, we do have a good demographic. It's just, you know, we're, it's a challenging time and we definitely do something that is not normal. Yeah. We're, we're small. Paintball is a small industry when you really think about it compared to other things. Well, it is and it isn't. So when you, when we not talk as small as cornhole. Yeah. Not as small as cornhole. Um, <laughs> but they can get actually, on Ocho. We, we, um, we're big events, right? When you start looking at events, short of like soccer and football and all those traditional school sports, I mean, we're one of the, the we're one of the bigger events around uh, paintball events, whether it be skirmish or us. Um, I mean, yeah. paintball events are big. You don't run into many events that have three and four and five thousand people at them that aren't local people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. I guess you have to look at the the the, the inflow from, yeah. you know, sports tourism. Our, our local. Um, government it really puts a focus on sport tours and they bring hockey tournaments and and other tournaments um they short-sighted they kicked us out of the town but that's besides the point um but they're you know the emphasis and the buzzword is now sports tourism and you can certainly see that that how welcoming orlando and Kissimmee is to the the nxl when when you guys come in yeah but but one thing too that nxl has over let's say a big game at skirmish or anything like that and something that could draw in outside dollars that our sport has teams and they have professional players and the way you guys run them and the way teams have like, you know, they have signings uh, where you can bring posters and have all these teams sign their things. I mean, there's mentors there and there's figureheads within the sport that people can follow and like or dislike. Like in wrestling, you have your favorite wrestlers, you have the guys that you hate. I mean, paintball has that when it comes to, you know, tournament paintball. So when you're looking for sponsorship, at least there's, you know, there's, there's something for people to follow. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I guess with, with cornhole and all these other nonsense that are kind of coming to the forefront right now, they're individual players, but. Uh, and it's also, they're, they're significantly cheaper to run. So, yeah. you know, I, I talk to the cornhole guy, right? What's it take to run a cornhole tournament, right? Some bean bags and some boards. You, you've got you've got infrastructure. You've got to produce you air a, and port. It's it's endless. I know. Let's just talk about the referees, right? So you referee a football game or a soccer tournament, right? They bring in what four referees for a soccer tournament. I, I have two referees per person that are playing on the field at a time. Um, so yeah, like I talk to the soccer guys and I'm like, so what do you bring to the tournament? And he's like, me, my assistant, and that's it. I bring in something like 70, 80 people, um, you know, all their travel, all that stuff. So paintball is definitely a challenge. We, we've designed something that is expensive to run um, from our days in the woods. That's for sure. So, but it's fun and our customer base is passionate. They're very. Um, but on the other very, end, you've got Joe and I who, you know, at our field, if we want to run a scenario event and have maybe similar numbers to what we would have if we had 50 teams out for a, for a tournament, a scenario field involves a lot less infrastructure. Yeah, you have referees, but everything is a little more, and you're not putting up bunkers, you're not putting up mesh fields. It's almost easier in a way, but... Uh, I would say it's significantly easier to run a big game than it, I've never ran. I mean, I have ran big games, but yeah. it, it, logistically, it's harder to run a paintball tournament the way we run them, right? We're not at paintball parks. We're, well, we're that's just it. Zoning, city ordinance and we got inspectors and and all of that stuff um so yeah yeah i can only imagine how much easier life would be if you ran less fields and you were able to do it at a paintball field i mean 
that's got to be half your issue. But on the same token, that's you're that's, reading my mind. Yeah. Um, one yeah. of the things we're looking to do is try and at least during this pandemic time as a way to try and help out some of the fields. Because right now, I mean, to be honest, the fields are struggling because of the COVID-19. And so if we could find a way to put some of our resources and basically pay a paintball park to have a paintball event as opposed to giving that money to Las Vegas, who I don't think need the money, um, we would rather help some of our, our local paintball parks and try and help them out so so we're working on some of that stuff now that's one of the things we're trying to figure out in our planning would that be by sending specific divisions to specific fields so it's a smaller event it's 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 really just the inkling of an idea um so we're brainstorming so feel free to post up your ideas on facebook but um one of the things that i've always felt that made paintball expensive is we travel um so in a perfect world we'd go to a more regional system so that maybe uh, the California teams played only California events until the World Cup, and the Texas teams only played Texas events until World Cup. Um, and cut down all that instead of giving the money to the airlines, we would give the money back to the parks. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Support regional or uh, yeah, regional events per se, and that's a great idea. Yeah, it's just an idea. We still haven't vetted it yet. It's just something we've been looking at in the past couple of days because of where we're at right now. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if the teams are going to be able to travel in a short, in the short term. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Um, now, from from a from a point of view, when you when you do the NXL um, in, in in the states, and then you do the NXL in Europe, and then some of your NXL Asia is it, and also NXL Antarctica. Is it harder to um, go Austra- with, Australia with, as well? In yeah. Australia, which is which is the the hard hardest to to get in is there anyone that has tighter government regulations um are, are they worried about what you bring into antarctica so you da- you know damage the penguins or <laughs> australia i know has some pretty strict um firearms laws is it and, so and the we- yeah so the the penguins are pretty forgiving um <laughs> so we, we had some challenges in spain um paintball guns are typically not legal in spain so we have to get a special exemption to bring them into the city um, and we had some of the airport security actually take some of the guns um, and destroy them. So we ended up reimbursing some of the players for that. Droogs, one of the teams that had their guns taken. Um, but, you know, that's the ch- challenge. We have to work with these city governments to kind of get an approval. Um, and, and one of the shames is Germany, which is one of the, the hotbeds of paintball in Europe. It's very strict on the gun laws. And I haven't felt comfortable to do an event there because – Technically, a gun that's shooting at 300 per second is pushing the boundaries of the legal limits, shall we say. And so we haven't been bold enough to take that decision yet. But I would say Europe is definitely the scariest. And how is Europe as a whole? I mean, you guys have you guys kind of came in and, and started that a few years ago. Um, I know you've kind of changed some rules over the last little while. Is that something that still seems to be viable and growing? Or how is Europe um, no. as a whole? So, I mean, we ended Amsterdam, which is, would have been one of their, it was one of their biggest events that they've had in Europe probably in the last eight years, um, as far as team count wise. So this year we implemented something new, which sucks because we haven't got a chance to see how it was going to work out. But, um, you know, we stopped the Americans from going over. We limited how many pros could play on the teams because what we ran into and what I was disappointed about when I went over there was so many of the European pro teams were really relying on American players to perform. And that wasn't helping the local market. It wasn't helping the tournament teams over there. And it was creating a, a basically an arms race that if you had the most amount of money, you bought the most amount of American players.
players. Yeah. I mean, we had the team from New Zealand that was literally one guy from New Zealand and I think five dynasty guys. <laughs> so it wasn't really a representation of New Zealand at that point. So um, we talked to the pro teams over there and we made the decision, which was, you know, not really liked by anybody at the time, but now everybody seems to have embraced it and that was limiting the amount of Americans. And I was excited to see if the Tauntauns were going to do well. Joy Division was it going to be someone new, like the Lucky Sevens or the or uh, or uh, the firm, or who, who was going to do well over there? Yeah. You know what I mean. So I was excited to see how all that all played out. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's growing. We're pretty committed to the European thing, right? I don't know if they. I wouldn't say they loved this in the beginning, um, but we, we got a lot of favorable stuff by the end. Like I, you know, it's frustrating to do events and have them not not be profitable and feel like the customers aren't happy with you. But, you know, we got a lot of good responses from Europe right there at the end. And so, you know, it, it made us feel good about running the events. Yeah, that's good. Um, we're getting close to the end of the hour here, ladies and gentlemen. If there's anything else that uh, you guys want to ask while we have Tom on uh, on there, Josh, uh, Gavin, sorry, we've kind of been hoarding a lot of your, your time as well. Is there anything that you guys, uh, have we pretty much talked about everything we needed to or? I, uh, pretty much, you know, and I was, I've been watching the program actually just with the ability to speak, uh, fanboying a little bit with, uh, with Tom, you know, from his days back in bad company and, uh, you know, following on APG. So, uh, for me, it's, it's been an actual absolute uh, privilege to, uh, just listen to you talk, uh, about how you've grown the sport as well as your participation in it. So I appreciate you being on the program this evening. Really? I find his voice almost like nails on a chalkboard by the end of the hour. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Everybody wonders why I don't like doing interviews. And you know what, Todd? You took a tender moment like that. I took Gavin's soundbite away. By the yeah. way, I I, uh, I have to say you did a really good interview with uh, Blondie from Good Morning Los Angeles, or sorry, uh, Las Vegas or whoever it was. Um, I, searched, I searched everywhere for a photograph for you to do a promotional thing, and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find one anywhere. You have to work on getting a a glamour I shot. Tried. You got to go to Sears and get a glamour shot or something just to put Sears out there. Sears is closed. You know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, they're, they're out of business, but, um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I'll leave all that limelight to like bear, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm like a behind the scenes guy. I don't really need, I, I haven't been, I don't desire all that limelight, right? No, but, um, but you should still yeah, have I, a. I do notice everyone uses like the same three pictures of me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And, and I got grief for the good morning America thing or whatever the news show was um, with Trixie LaRue. I didn't do a good job. So I, I'm not that animated. I don't get that excited. I'm not like a rah rah guy. Right. I'm yeah. A, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. So we, uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought the interview was great. I thought if I was a, a Las Vegas resident, I'd probably at least go check it out. Cause how often does something like that happen? Right. Yeah. Once a year. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> once a year, every year at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Josh, what about you? Do you think we covered everything, or do you have any other questions? Yeah, I think we're all right. Yeah, I've just been enjoying the the chat and uh, my rum. So. <laughs> yeah, I you have said, to you say said, you said a rum, right? Yeah, rum? I heard yeah. rum. I, yeah. said, I thought he said rub. That's what yeah, I thought that's too. I, I was gonna say Tom's <laughs> handsome, but. Uh, I don't know, but I will say my liquor cabinet here in the studio has not dwindled at all. You guys haven't taken anything of the stash lately. Tom, what what were you drinking this evening? Do you have a drink of choice? Well, that's a trick question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Moscow Mules at this point in time. It's kind of my drink now. 
Nice. Nice. And I know Gavin's going to kill me for this. Tell me, there's there has to be some fixation. Is there any event that you go to that has like a, a food restaurant or somewhere where you're going to eat that, that you, you look forward to? There has to be. Uh, I, I love Cracker Barrel. <laughs> oh. A little bit of redneck, you know what I mean? So... Is that for the food or for just the stuff looking around the restaurant? Oh, the ambiance. People watching. <laughs> yeah, see, now you're learning. So I'm a character. <laughs> you know, it's the food. Yeah. It's yeah. the food. Yeah. I don't really buy a lot of knickknacks. <laughs> <laughs> I picture so. Tom's house to have 27 uh, rocking chairs out front across the porch. Yeah, yeah. They're picking <laughs> up across the country. Sure. <laughs> sure. With random checkerboards everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's disappointing. I figured you'd have some sort of fixation on some place that had. I mean, you're in Europe. You're everywhere in North Todd, America. Not everybody's you. Not everybody's <laughs> you. Other people have lives. They don't build their whole so, life in restaurants. And I mean, I don't know what everybody thinks goes on at one of these tournaments for me, but I, I, I get up like around five thirty in the morning and I race home to bed around nine thirty at night so I can go do it all again, right? So. Oh, yeah, but true. you it's have like catered affairs, probably. You probably have like a catered tent somewhere with craft services. Uh, well, now you're going to let out all the secrets. That's where the entrance fees go is the big tent for Tom in the back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I eat a Pop-Tart in the morning and uh, and get something delivered at night every night. Yeah. So. And by the way, Joe and Gavin, Matt, myself, and Josh, maybe, we're all going to be at World Cup as we always try to get to. And thanks again for offering us VIP tickets this year. I know in the past you haven't, but <laughs> I appreciate it for this year. That's... Uh, Thing. That's awesome. And the VIP includes one of those embroidered NXL shirts as well, right? Yeah, those are harder to get. Like, we have some people that are trying to pretend to be me out on the internet, so I got to make sure these shirts don't get out. He had to make his own. He yes, had to I, make his own embroidered I, I, I don't know if you caught that picture. That was fantastic. A gentleman had tagged me, and I, th I thought that was great. I thought it was, yeah, maybe that was hilarious. Yeah, he really is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> He had yeah, your likeness he down. He was a little, maybe a little light, light on the white hair. I was actually, yeah. So yeah, he's going to make me go on a diet because he had to make himself <laughs> fake chubby to keep, keep up with what I was doing. So yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Well, now, in, I don't reply to a lot of his stuff, but yes, I watch it. He's hilarious. Yeah, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, Tom, I appreciate you being on the show tonight. Joe, do you think we have anything else or? I think we've we've covered it. We've um, talked about things that are not really officially happening, maybe happening, could be happening um, from re the reemergence of Sky Dome or the Rogers Center for some uh, Canadian paintball, also the o ESPN Ocho. So we talked about some yeah. things that may or not be ha may or may not be happening. So uh, it's good. Thanks, thanks, uh, Tom, for being a good sport tonight and um, sharing a little bit more of your personal side of and, and ambiance. <laughs> and ambiance, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Matt, anything from you? No, I think uh, I think Tom did a great job, and he was a very good sport, considering that we're all jerk asses. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah. No, I think we uh, – yeah. I think we did a good – I think uh, he answered all of our questions quite well. But you did hear Tom at the beginning of the show when I asked him if he'd ever seen the show. This is something that he mandatorily watches live on Monday nights under a pseudonym so that no one knows he's there. He's He, he knows our show. Yeah. 
Got to. So I have a question. So when we get this rating on how I did for the show, have you all ever said someone sucked the show, or is that oh, just? Oh, we've right. definitely oh, had oh, some yeah. sucking. Oh, oh, Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a PR thing, right? Like, most, yeah, of, yeah. most of them are hosts or on the show. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot, lot of voting our, ourselves out here. No, it was very good tonight, Tom. And it's hard because, like, I think the next time we have you on, we might be able to talk a little more uh, candidly about other things and not necessarily so much, you know, I know you eat, sleep, and breathe NXL, but there's other things that you're interested in. I'm sure there's lots of other things we could talk to you about as well. But we did only have an hour, and there was lots of people looming in the chat asking questions, so we wanted to make sure we got at least some of that out, so... That's good. Okay. Well, um, I'm always around. I know sometimes I'm not easy to get in touch with, but um, I love doing the show. So let me know if you need yeah. me back. And yeah, they can hit me with some harder questions for sure. And, and Tom, I think if you're looking for something to watch, Hunters on Amazon with Al Pacino takes place in 1977, New York City. I it's am working. watching that. I am watching that, but my woman hates it. So I'm no, like, yeah, you, oh, you got to stick with it. It's very yeah, Just good. keep watching them. Oh, my yeah. wife doesn't have any, want anything to do with it when it's on. Yeah. Um, I, Ozark Three Seasons is quite fantastic. Mm -hmm. Tiger King, if it, it's really not a big commitment. It's seven hours, so you can really get through it. But you really need to watch it because you're going to have guys hours. you're going to have guys showing up with tiger king jerseys and hair and stuff at your events so you need to be really uh, in the know ready for this ready for this there's going to there's bound to be a team called the tiger kings has to be yeah you have whether, to know whether, they're, whether they're all gay know. whether they're all gay or not is beside the point but um if they are that's okay too but um okay. <laughs> um you know i think you need to watch that have you um, tried to I, source a tiger for the next nxl event just to have so I did not because we brought elephants to the first one, <laughs> and uh, that's true. And Stampy? One of my staff, one of my staff ladies, Becca, she cried because it was animal cruelty. So we, I promised not to bring elephants ever again, and I put money into the Save the Elephant Fund or whatever. So, so there will be no more live or caged animals at our events. But what's worse, Becca. caging an animal or not letting them come to a paintball event? Well, if they want to come to play, obviously it's an open ball game, but uh, using them there for our entertainment, I guess, will not be. And we have I, I, bunkers have been getting bigger over the last number of years. So I personally, I personally, I personally think that subjecting any living thing to a speedball event is, is, is illegal. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, we're going to let everybody go. Oh, come on. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, hang tight for just a sec. We'll say our goodbyes, but uh, hang tight till after the show here. Matt, thank you for being on the show tonight. Hey, you're welcome. It was a good show. Thank you very much to uh, Tom from NXL. I look forward to the next event, whenever that may be. Yeah, yeah. Joe Kimson from Flag Against Paintball. Thanks, uh, everyone, for tuning in tonight to Behind the Bunker, live from our Zoom studios some around North America. We'll see everybody again. Pew, pew. Very good. Gavin Sharma from Terratech Industries. What are you thinking? You're going to hook up, get some paint shipped out? Uh, I think so. Uh, you know, Tom and I are going to chat afterwards. We're going to get some uh, some sand on that field. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Make sure you hit like and share on the way out. Yeah, yeah. Josh Subi's a brickus. Yeah, uh, thanks uh, to Tom for being on the show, and and not only that, you know, thanks for doing everything you do with the NXL. I know sometimes it's a it's a little bit of a thankless job, but uh, thank you for doing that, and we hope we continue to do so. And uh, you know, thank you to everyone who liked and shared the show. The rest of you, uh, you're dead to me. Um, maybe we'll see you Saturday. Yeah, yeah. There you go. RJ in the live chat says uh, hashtag Tiger King's lives matter. 
Very good. Tom, thank you for being on the show. Thanks. Thank you to everybody for uh, listening at home. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.